Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. I'm about to have a great interview with a great guest. His name is Anthony DeJoseph. I'm very excited to have him here. He's kind of uh, an interesting take on on this show. I haven't really done anything like this before, so I'm kind of eager to see how this goes. And how are you today, Anthony? I'm well. I'm still alive and kicking. And how are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Social distancing and all that, you know, staying all locked up. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. So what exactly brings you to the show today? What what is it that uh, you're here to talk about? So I am a practicing hypersensitive medium, which means that I connect with those who've crossed over and energetic frequencies. Um, And I'm excited to be able to share with your guests a little bit about some of the misconceptions and some of the uh, incredible gifts that uh, many of us have and just kind of shed light on, you know, some of the uh, people that you walk with in your everyday life may also possess this ability and you know, I'm hoping to kind of break the stigma behind psychics and mediums, if you will. Yeah, that's great. That's and, you know, I kind of wanted to go into that as like my first kind of official ish question would be like, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium or are they the same thing or like, how does that all work? So it's actually that's actually a very good question. Um, so a psychic will typically tap into the energy of a living person or of the auric field surrounding an object. Um, It's a vibration. And they will also foretell the future. They may be able to see the past, the present. But a psychic does not fluently communicate with those who have crossed over. What they do is they may connect with the energy of a person and look at their potential life paths. A lot of the times you'll see them in, you know, Hollywood movies, you see, where they're gazing into the tarot cards and, ooh, now they've got the, you know, the story of the potential future outcome. So a medium is somebody who will fluently interpret messages on behalf of those who have crossed over. Mm. Uh, those messages come from the spirit energy of a loved one. So when I say spirit energy, it's kind of like whatever it is that makes your heart beat. Well, you, you know, you, you go to the doctor, you get an EKG. 
um, you know, for your, your, your brain, if you will, people do EEGs. That energy can survive outside of the physical body. Mm. So that's what a medium is connecting with, the vibration or energy. I see. And is this something that you've always been able to do? Yeah, I say, unfortunately, it's never, ever been um, something you, you grow into. It's just kind of there. And uh, I think if it went away tomorrow, I would be a doctor. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but uh, it's something you're, you're born with. And then uh, there are people that develop it. But sometimes, you know, when you're born with it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, everyone can sing, but how many people are professional singers? Mm-hmm. But it's a 50-50 curse blessing. Definitely something you're born Okay. All right. So it's not something that you can just kind of one day say, oh, you know what? I think I want to be a psychic and just learn how to do it. I believe that people can. You can learn to play the piano, but will you be a Beethoven? Definitely not. So there are people that do practice it. There are underdeveloped. There are people that are very well-developed psychics and mediums out there. But then there are those out there that are a little bit um, they're a little bit different. It's their life's path, their life's calling from young, young. Mm. Um, they're never truly a kid. They're truly an older soul within a, a younger body, if you will. Gotcha. And you had just said that it's a kind of a curse and a blessing. How, how is that? Well, it's the reason I say 50, 50 curse blessing is because you don't have a normal life. Um, your life Uh, is basically surrounded by people who are in need of connecting with loved ones. They have a case. Uh, They continually find you. There's no hiding. So it's almost as if there's this big sign above your head that says, help is here, Um, and people find you. I remember my father saying, what is it with all these senior citizens knocking on my door to speak to my kid? He's eight years old. This is not normal. Teresa, that's my mother's name. Mm -hmm. And she would say, well, he's, you know, talking to people and it's spread from the school. Um, It it never really goes away. Um, And the the part that I say is, is difficult is really being able to um, balance a a normal life, if you will, you know, uh, going to college, being around uh, the energy in the hallways in a school. Um, Often, it's not easy to be in certain environments as a hypersensitive. There are certain environments that can negatively impact the body. Mm-hmm. I see. And That's where the curse is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Movie theaters taxing. at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you first know that you had this ability, this gift? So probably from as long as I could remember, I, I knew that I had this ability Um, but I was around seven and eight years old and I remember always seeing loved ones that were connected to me and I never really understood why, uh, people were sad and they said that they were gone. So to me, it was a little bit, you know, odd, um, at seven and eight years old, I remember thinking, well, you're saying, you know, my loved one is gone. Well, it's kind of hard to. It's it's very hard to understand that because I still see them. I don't understand what you mean. So that was kind of the aha moment around seven and eight years old 
then I began to realize, okay, other people don't see this. Something's wrong with me. Mm. And then the next step was I'm now seeing dead people that are strangers. That's where it became a little bit scary, um, oh. seeing strangers. Yeah. Well, that, I couldn't imagine just this seven, eight-year-old kid who suddenly sees just these figures and forms and not understanding really what was going on. That, that's gotta yeah, be you, you crazy. don't. It's it's. I think that it's crazy to say this, but I'm going to say it. I feel like I wasn't really afraid in the very beginning until people reacted with fear. I think that played a huge role. And then also realizing some of the spirits that I was connecting with were not loved ones. I did not recognize them. And then understanding, okay, my kindergarten teacher, the person that's trying to talk to her is to me a stranger, but to her a family member. And then in first grade, understanding, okay, well, I'm not allowed to really talk about this. You know, this is something that is frowned upon. It is absolutely evil. Uh, they would say things like, um, don't ever repeat this. My parents would say, never share it with anybody because you don't know their belief. And they may be, you know, in fear. They may be very fearful of it. So it was a very unique experience, uh, Growing up where people are so closed off, I mean, you get kicked out of religion class uh, if you were to talk about something like this, which, of course, that's what happened to me. No. <laughs> but it's part of, I guess, the development and understanding. Um, we all have a perception, in mm. a sense. How do you deal with skeptics now? Well, skeptics are... Uh, a positive thing. Skeptics are people who are usually looking to get the proof in the pudding, the details and the facts. But then there are, you know, a lot of people that are very, very closed off. No matter what you say, it's not good enough. Um, but if I think you're alluding to the idea, how do you deal with those who are afraid? Um, my answer would be most of the people that are afraid usually have a lot of secrets. And that's where People feel uh, an invasion of privacy. Uh, they feel that their secrets are exposed. Sometimes they don't want to be anywhere near you or around you because they're afraid. Mm. Um, the best way to deal with it is to always maintain composure um, and always have a, you know, always share with your audience that you do have a strong faith and there is a God, you're aware of it, and God is a part of your everyday life. Um, this is something that you don't choose. It's something that chooses you. And I think that comforts people when they know that you do have God in your everyday life. And um, it's a difficult subject for most people to talk about um, fatalities, mortality. And when they do talk about it, it often brings up so many different feelings and so many different traumas they may have encountered. So sometimes people are closed off, they're afraid, or they're just skeptic and they say, well, I need to see it to believe it. And I truly am the very same way. Uh, more than half of the people out there practicing, there's a very, very unique percentage of people that are above average, some that are below average. So I feel that uh, interacting with gifted people is the best way to really arm yourself with knowledge, what to look for in a reading, what to look for in a practitioner, if you will. 
So you do have to be skeptical. Okay, that's a fair answer. <laughs> How do you know who to help? Like, are there good forces, bad forces? Or, I mean, are they... Do you consider, when you see a spirit, let's say, do you know automatically that they're good or bad and that you should help them or not help them? Well, that's that's an excellent question. So right away, when you do connect with an energy um, or spirit, you'll know right away if this entity or spirit falls under a wavelength or vibrational frequency. You'll know if they are in distress, if they are of a higher frequency or of a lower frequency. So you'll know right away. Um, do I encounter low-level entities? For the most part, no. Um, but it all depends on where you're going because sometimes there are entities that are connected to pro property, buildings, objects, um, and some of those energies are of a lower vibration. So you kind of know right away. Mm. And then when it comes to helping them, some of them just some of them just need like your typical counseling in a sense. Um, they just need to know that it's okay to let go of this physical world because there is another other place that you go. Um, and you you pray for them and you help them cross over in a sense. So I think that a lot of the times people perceive energies as bad, but in reality, sometimes they may be just full of emotions. Yeah, yeah. And you had made mention before, like, a movie theater is a, a, you know, crap place to go. Crowded. <laughs> yeah, super crowded <laughs> and everything. But, like, how else does this affect your daily life? Like, do you just walk down the street and, and it happens? Or is this something you kind of have to focus on? It's the best way to explain it is if you think of a leaking faucet, there's a faucet in your mind that is drip, 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 constantly going. <clears throat> and then there's this valve. You kind of learn that there's a valve. And once you sit down and you're prepared for a meeting or a session and you have a sitter there, a person, client, whatever you want to call them, there's this valve. And once you open up that valve, it's, it's like full force. But throughout your everyday life, your daily life, there are places like movie theaters where anywhere there's a large crowd of people, more living people equals more dead people. So um, the only time I'm in a crowd is, is if I'm working. Um, if I'm working, I'll be in a crowd. You'll never really see uh, somebody that is considered a hypersensitive in a crowd, especially if they're hypersensitive to energy. So it's a... There are other areas, uh, concerts, bars, casinos are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Casinos are just on the top of the list. Oh, okay. Um, so just in a normal everyday scenario, you, you've learned to kind of distance yourself from those, those areas. Yeah, I mean, distance is a, is a nice way of, of putting it, but I kind of just... I kind of rule them out of my life completely. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's better for me and it's, you know, not, uh, it's not where I belong. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. And you had something happen in your life that kind of changed your, your view. Was it that, uh, when you were 17? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, had a near death experience mm -hmm. and I was 17. It was my graduating year. And I actually had someone tell me that 
I would have an experience. Um, and I was like, absolutely not. That was my first real encounter with somebody who was really, really gifted. I then understood after that near-death experience that there was so much more to my life and why I was stuck this way. I felt I was trapped in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand, well, if there is a God, who is God? Well, where exactly is heaven? Where do all of you people go? So what is wrong with me? You know, and I was pretty, uh, I was pretty angry at 17. I wanted to be as normal as a regular 17 year old would want to be. So I never, ever would tell anybody or discuss it, but even relocating, um, from South side of long Island to the North side of long Island, no matter where you go, the gift would follow you. So I couldn't really run away from it. So I think at 17, I felt I wanted to go right into college. I wanted to be as normal as possible. And that near-death experience is what it took for me to understand, like, this is not going away. This is your life. And yeah. there is much more that you have to do here. Wow. That, that had to have been quite the experience. <laughs> and especially after somebody told you that it was going to happen. That had to have been quite the eye-opener. Yeah, that was... Definitely, I don't like to say spooky, but it was spooky, 100%. <laughs> it was, there was no coincidence. That was not a lucky guess. Yeah. So it was yeah. unbelievable. But it was so quick. When I tell you, um, it was like a sneeze. It was like, boop. And you just, it was not painful. It was not uh, a big problem. It was so quick that I no longer have any fear of leaving the physical body or of death at all. And I do feel, um, if I could do it again tomorrow, I would as crazy as that sounds. Wow. Okay. Dang. When, when you finally kind of shifted your life and figured out it's not going away and things like that, how did you start using your gift to help people? So I always had, um, people that would seek me out uh, to connect with their loved ones. And then at 17, I kind of said, okay, I'm not going to push this away anymore. I'm going to see where else can I help people? Where, where do I, what do I do? And sure enough, I ended up helping people from the legal realm to the medical realm to people in real estate. I mean, I had no idea that there was such a broad spectrum where I would be working in all of these areas, and I would be in the middle of everything as a medium would be. Um, it was so incredible to see that people dealing with commercial real estate, they needed somebody to check the property and find out why are these people uncomfortable and to corroborate stories where people often would see um, an apparition or someone who is not crossed over or there were emotions flooding through uh, this area where something tragic had taken place. A lot of the times they just needed somebody to sweep the property and really cooperate a story and help connect with some of the tenants or residents and say, uh, you know, this is this is normal and, you know, it's going to get better and often bring peace to the area. Um, so that's one area. And then in the legal realm, a lot of the times we were uh, I would have people seeking me out from. Uh, private investigation companies, to lawyers, to uh, 
law enforcement personnel. And every one of their stories differ. They're all looking for the common denominator in the, in a story. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, okay, we may be searching for uh, a person. We may be searching for an item. We may be looking for um, just about anything. And a lot of the times I just feel that the phone would go off and the universe would align and I would end up with these unique stories where people were asking for help. And I felt that um, I was guided to do it. I never did any kind of, you know, meditation classes and all kinds of BS, you know, anything Mm. where you're sitting down, you know, any kind of development. It just kind of happened naturally. Um, And I just felt that once I stopped fighting it, my life became much easier. That's great. That's great to hear. (laughs) It's always good when life gets a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> how how do you use this in uh, the realm of like palliative care and things like that, hospice? Like, how do you help people in that scenario? So a lot of times, um, people will call me in, and uh, palliative care is part of a process where people get approved for hospice or end of life comfort care. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, there could be a patient who is nonverbal. Um, there's many different situations that can cause this. However, some of these patients, um, they have a story. They have a story to tell. And they are able to communicate through telepathy the same way that the departed communicate with a medium. So I would sit down next to the patient or person. I don't like to call them a patient, but I would sit down next to the person and I would connect with their vibration and just scribe out their message. A lot of the times they have information in regards to a story um, or situation that had taken place. Uh, So it was, people will call it telepathy. They will say that you're reading a person's mind. Um, I don't, I didn't realize that it was so easy. (laughs) I had an aunt who was nonverbal. She had MS, but I didn't understand that she couldn't really speak. It didn't make sense to me when I was younger. Only when I got older did I realize, okay, you can communicate with people who are nonverbal. They have telepathy. Mm-hmm. They're aware of what's going on around them. And a lot of doctors will say, come on, step out of the room. Let's not talk in front of this person. They can hear you. And to me, when I see that, that's not just bedside manner. That medical practitioner has had a paranormal encounter where a patient has woken up and probably quoted them word for word or down to what they were wearing. They must have described certain things. So I do believe that paranormal experiences happen every day. Sometimes they're unexplainable. But when somebody is nonverbal and somebody seeks me out, it could be end of life. It could be a trauma case. It could be um, several different case scenarios. My job is just to interpret as accurate as possible and get it on paper. Right on. That's awesome. I couldn't even imagine just that level of connection. Uh, And, you know, like you said with the doctor that you're probably absolutely right that, that something happened to trigger that with them. And so it's great that people have those experiences and it opens their eyes. It does. And it's interesting because you kind of see the way that People, uh, they tend to have a little bit more 
uh, caution or sometimes they're a little bit more respectful after they have some type of an eye-opening experience. And to me, it's it's rewarding to see that there are you know people that are happy with um, this ability. It's a positive thing. It's rewarding to help people, but it's also a beautiful thing when I see a medical practitioner or a legal, uh, somebody in the legal realm, I see that they have had an experience and it makes me feel like not, you know, we're not so different. We all have some type of heightened awareness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for somebody that's just connected? Just connected with like, let's say, spirit or just... No, like let's say somebody has never had this experience before with communing with this, these vibrations. They have no idea what's going on and they had, you know, a near-death experience, let's say. And now all of a sudden they can commune with the dead. They can telepathically sense vibrations they can see auras things like that what what would you tell them to help comfort them what i would tell them would be always always remember that we are all connected you know and no fear but prayer um prayer is the most important thing and a lot of people that do end up with a near-death experience um they do have these experiences later on when they come back where they see things much differently. Um, and I would tell them that maybe it's not forever, maybe it will go away. Um, but be 100% strong, stand in your power, keep God in your life, and never run away in fear and know that you're still here for a reason. Um, you're still here, and this is nothing new. This is from ancient times till now. People have been seeing and connecting with... Uh, spirit entities and with loved ones um no fear we're all connected yeah that's great advice right there that really helps let people know like you were saying before you're not alone there's others out there everybody is connected in some way absolutely and it's almost like you know just to put this out there let's think about we have somebody who says to you, I knew that was going to happen. Or you have somebody that says, I just felt something was off with the situation. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, it was. Then you have another person who says, you know, this person didn't look right. There was a look. I can't explain it. So I feel that people from all walks of life, they have a heightened awareness. They just don't know where in the psyche is that heightened awareness and how to actually use it. It's like fluently speaking another language in a sense. Yeah. Um, and once you tap into it, it's, it's there. Um, and then I think there are life's paths. And then I think with free will, we have the free will to create anything we wish to. And that's the beauty of being here in the 3D realm. Absolutely. Uh, with the last few minutes that I've got for the show here, I'd like to open it up to you to let the listeners know um, your different social medias and where they can go, even where they can contact you to get their own reading or, you know, have you come do an event or something. Absolutely. So I do have a Facebook page. It is under the name Psychic Medium Anthony DeJoseph. Um, I do have an Instagram, which I'm still learning the ins and outs with. I'm a little behind with social media. <laughs> um, so the Instagram is at Anthony DeJoseph. Um, and I do have an office contact number and that number is 631-858-0588. 
I do take uh, private sessions. I do group sessions, uh, mostly operating remotely because of everything we have going on during this time. Right. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to help people. And if you were all tuning in today and you enjoyed the session, uh, feel free to definitely check out some of my pages. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you for coming on the show and, and talking to me today and enlightening me on you know all the differences and the what it really means to be a psychic and a medium. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. And thank you to the listeners who tuned in to check it out. Make sure to go to the Facebooks and the Instagram and check out Anthony DeJoseph. He's a great guy. I've had a lot of fun talking to him. And, you know, I think you might enjoy a reading as well. So thank you all very much. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs> now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.